Clearshore presents Hacking for Defense in Silicon Valley by Steve Blank March 31st, 2015 at steveblank.com Lead, follow, or get the heck out of the way. In peacetime, the U.S. military is an immovable and inflexible bureaucracy. In wartime, it can adapt and adopt organizational change with startling speed. BMNT, a new Silicon Valley company, is combining the lean methods it learned in combat with the technology expertise and speed of startups. But first, some history. World War II. In World War II, the U.S. government re-engineered its approach to building weapons. In a major break from the past, where the military designed all its own weapons, 10,000 scientists and engineers from academia worked in civilian-run weapons labs, most headquartered in universities, in an organization called the Office of Scientific Research and Development, OSRD. OSRD was tasked to develop military weapon systems and solve military problems, but had wide autonomy to determine how to accomplish its tasks and organize its labs. The weapons were then manufactured in volume by U.S. corporations. The OSRD developed advanced electronics, radar, electronic warfare, rockets, sonar, proximity fuse, napalm, the bazooka, and new drugs such as penicillin, and cures for malaria. One OSRD project, the Manhattan Project, the development of the atomic bomb, was so secret and important that it was spun off as a separate program. The University of California managed research and development of the bomb design at Los Alamos, while the U.S. Army managed the Los Alamos facilities and the overall administration of the project. After the war, the U.S. split up the functions of the OSRD. Nuclear weapons went to the New Atomic Energy Commission, AEC. Basic weapons systems research went to the Department of Defense, DOD and all U.S. biomedical and health research went back to the National Institutes of Health, NIH. In 1950, government support of basic science research in the U.S. universities became the charter of the National Science Foundation, NSF. Each of these independent research organizations would support a mix of basic and applied research. The Cold War During the Cold War, the U.S. and the Soviet Union faced off with nuclear deterrence policy called Mutually Assured Destruction, aptly named MAD. But to fight a conventional war in Europe, Soviet forces had built a three-to-one advantage in tanks, artillery, armored personnel carriers, and soldiers. In response, the U.S. developed a new strategy in the late 1970s to counter the Warsaw Pact. Instead of matching the USSR tank for tank or soldier to soldier, the U.S. saw that it could change the game and take advantage of a lead we had that was getting longer every day, using our computer and chip technology to aggressively build a new generation of weapons that the Soviet Union could not. At the heart of this offset strategy was precision strike, building stealth aircraft to deliver precision-guided munitions, unseen by enemy radar, and designing intelligence and reconnaissance systems that would target for them. The offset strategy was smart weapons, smart sensors, and stealth 
using silicon chips, electronics, and computers that only the U.S. could design and produce. By the mid-1980s, the Soviet military was struggling to keep up with this revolution in military affairs. The announcement of the Strategic Defense Initiative, Star Wars, further destabilized the Soviet Union. The Gulf Wars When I first started teaching customer development, searching, validating, and executing a business model, one of my students pointed out that customer development was similar to the theory of a military strategist, John Boyd. In the 1960s, Boyd, who was a fighter pilot, observed that instead of executing a fixed order, wars would be won by those who can observe, orient, decide, and act. The OODA loop. After being ignored for decades, Boyd's OODA loop drove the U.S. war fighting strategy in both Gulf Wars. The OODA loop was the lean startup philosophy before lean. Iraq, Afghanistan, and the Army's Rapid Equipping Force, REF. In Afghanistan in 2002, U.S. soldiers were tasked to clear caves that the Taliban used to store equipment. Many of the caves still had Taliban fighters inside, while others had been booby-trapped. To clear the caves, soldiers threw grappling hooks inside, then pulled the hooks out to catch trip wires and explode bombs. But often this technique did not work, and soldiers died. The Army realized they needed to do something more effective. They gave the problem to Colonel Bruce Jett, and 90 days and $750,000 later, he had bypassed the existing Army acquisition system and bought existing robots from companies. Exponent provided the PackBot and the MarkBot and deployed them in the field. From that day, the Army's Rapid Equipping Force, REF, was born. The REF's goal is to deliver technology solutions to frontline soldiers in days and weeks instead of months and years, either by using solutions from previous REF efforts or existing government or commercial off-the-shelf technologies purchased with a government credit card. The REF had permission to shortcut the detailed 100-plus page requirements documents used by the defense acquisition process. It developed a 10-line short form that listed the most important parts of the requirement. The REF also had its own budget, which it could use to acquire equipment. Soon the REF was sending teams of civilian and military subject matter experts out into the field to discover what they needed. REF expanded its operations to include forward teams in Kuwait and Iraq to provide technology to fill capacity gaps and to counter the highest priority threats. By the end of 2007, the REF had delivered more than 550 types of equipment and more than 75,000 individual items. The average time from receiving a request from the field to delivering a solution to the soldiers was 111 days. In 2010, Colonel Peter Newell took over the REF and turned its focus into what we would call a lean startup. Newell insisted that REF started with a deep understanding of soldiers' problems before purchasing a proposed solution. Newell found that four problems accounted for two-thirds of REF requirements. One, defeating roadside bombs. Two, supporting soldiers on foot with communications and load-carrying devices. Three, providing soldiers with timely intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance in combat. And four, 
supplying and protecting small isolated combat outposts. He came up with his version of the OODA loop to explain to people how REF should behave. To get closer to his customers, Newell commissioned three mobile laboratories that were airlifted to forward operating bases. These labs included a computer numerical control milling machine and 3D printers for rapid prototyping. Hacking for Defense, H4D When Colonel Peter Newell left the Army, he came to Silicon Valley at the urging of a friend and fellow retired Army Colonel Joe Felter, a Stanford Ph.D. who moved to Palo Alto and Stanford after a career in the Special Forces. Newell accepted Felter's invitation to join a company he had originally established. BMNT does for the Department of Energy, the Department of Defense, and the intelligence community what the REF did for the U.S. Army. Build teams and deliver solutions to complex problems with access to the entire network of suppliers and partners that Newell and Felter developed throughout their careers. To tap into the innovation of Silicon Valley, BMNT, in collaboration with Stanford's Preventive Defense Project, organized Hacking for Defense, H4D, a series of hackathons to help the Department of Defense do four things. One, identify new ideas that will solve problems the military expects to see in the future. Two, map those ideas to the technology that could be used to solve them. Three, recruit the people who can make it happen. And four, Show the DOD how to engage Silicon Valley with challenging problems and build networks of people to solve them. BMNT's first hackathon, Hacking the Supply Chain, brought together diverse teams of technologists and users to provide solutions to the questions, how do you supply troops which can be sent on short notice for long periods to places where there are no existing bases or supplies? How might we create the most resilient and efficient supply chain possible for our forward-deployed land forces in 2025? Hacking the supply chain is focused on energy and power generation, potable water and field expedient sewage systems, advanced manufacturing and repair maintenance technologies, training and readiness of technologies, and command, control, computers, and communications technologies. In mid-April, the ideas generated at BMNT's first hackathon will be presented to a panel of experienced senior entrepreneurs, engineers, and military and government officials, and then sent to the Department of Defense with specific recommendations on the technologies with potential to support them. Ultimately, Newell and Felter say they want to use BMNT to create an insurgency in Silicon Valley to get cutting-edge innovation into the organizations defending our country. Hacking the Primes In reality, what BMNT is trying to fix is the way the Department of Defense acquires radically new technology and ideas. While DARPA tries to fill that need, today the primary conduits for bringing new technology to the government are the prime contractors, e.g. Lockheed, Boeing, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, L3, General Dynamics, et al. But most of these contractors focus on fulfilling existing technology needs that can be profitable. If a startup wants to provide new technology to the Department of Defense, DOD, they have to sell through the prime contractors who own the relationships with the DOD. Most startups and innovative companies are unwilling to risk exposing their intellectual property 
and go through the paperwork of dealing with the government. So they choose not to pursue government ventures. In this way, the primes artificially restrict DOD's technological funnel. Planetier is the most visible Silicon Valley insurgent in this space. Today, incentives for bringing innovation to the government with speed and urgency are not aligned with the government acquisition, budgeting and requirements process. As a result, the DOD fails to acquire the truly innovative technologies, much less paradigm-changing technologies, in a timely fashion. Lessons Learned In peacetime, the U.S. military is an immovable and inflexible bureaucracy. In wartime, it can adapt and adopt organizational change with startling speed. The Rapid Equipping Force operated with speed and urgency to deliver solutions to real customer problems. BMNT and Hacking for Defense are trying to bring this same process to Silicon Valley. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. We would like to hear from you, so please send your thoughts to comments at clearshore.us or visit us at clearshore.us. If you would like this show delivered to you automatically, you can subscribe to the Clearshore Podcasts on iTunes. Wishing you all the best until next time.